Hey everybody, episode 263 of Design Recharge. So we're just going to jump right in because we got a lot of questions and Angela's got a lot of answers. And I know that there's a bunch of people here that want to know what Angela has to tell. So let me tell you a little bit about Angela. Angela is, um, she's working as a designer and an illustrator freelance, right? And she, she's going to give us her percentages in a minute. But she was a designer working in publishing um, in the New York sort of area. She's in New Jersey, right? Yes. Yes. She's got a, a really awesome flip-flop tan. I saw it just a minute ago. <laughs> I worked so hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> but she works at home. She is also a mom. So those of you who work at home, I know, Scott, you work at home um, in Kentucky. Uh, so it's kind of, I think there's some things that uh, I think that parents really have to deal with. There's some extra, like, oh, well, you're home. You can do this, right? Maybe yes. some of that. Yes. Um, I know that you have a nanny that comes and watches your son some days because you and your husband are both uh, working and you have your own studio with him, uh, Duda Studios, but yeah. then you also do, um, you have some insight. I think that's going to be just amazing for us. You've done some great illustration projects, beautiful work. I can't Thank wait you. to show you guys, <laughs> but there's some things that she would like to break into as well. Um, editorial illustration is one of those. So mm -hmm. you have done a, a ton of stuff and some people are going to say, Oh, well, she's just in the right place. You know, she's right around New York. So mm -hmm. it's not too hard to get up there. But I think that that's a misconception. I think that we all can have a lot of things at our fingertips, but I think you have a lot of drive and yeah. I think that's helped you get going. Yeah. So, um, a Matt is also an editor. An editorial illustrator right. as well. So that's awesome. Anna mm -hmm. is in um, Orlando. I'm glad you're here. All right. So here we go. Enon is in New Jersey. I thought uh, oh. maybe he. I hey, neighbor. He, <laughs> yeah, he is for sure. Okay. So um, I'm going to just get jumped off because uh, the first one kind of gives a little bit of, about your background. So okay. you started your career as a full time designer working. I don't know exactly where you started, but you were starting and you were a designer and yes. now you transitioned to do full-time freelance, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. As a freelancer, but you're kind of, you're still doing some design and some illustration. And you know, that's what I see. I, I, I just saw this one woman who I follow and I love. She just said, Oh, I just started my own design business, but yeah. she's been an illustrator for forever. So now she's doing logos and other things. And I feel like some, there's kind of a misconception about as an illustrator that that's all you're going to be doing. And people are just going to be, I mean, there's so much marketing that you have to do as an illustrator. That's different from you marketing as a designer, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed different things. I've definitely done different types of promotions when I acknowledge the fact that I'm like, Oh yeah, I do. I am an illustrator because <laughs> I have a degree in design. So I never really thought of myself as an illustrator. And then I kept on getting like projects and I'm like, yeah, can you, you know, illustrate this? And I'm like, wow, maybe I should actually start calling myself an illustrator and acknowledge that. But you know, I got a lot of design work from just knowing a lot of different people. Um, so how did you meet those people? Just in your job as a designer? Yes. So I remember one of my early jobs. So I'm always, I was always looking online for things. I'm always looking to just meet people. Um, I, I'm not a fan of like networking events. I should go to more of those, but like, I, I like more like one-on-one. -on -one. I like meeting people on one-on-one. -on -one. So even if they're like, Hey, you might be interested in this project. I meet, I, 
I seriously, if I could make a job, if I would have made money on all the interviews that I went on, I'd probably be able to buy a mansion. Like I've been on so many interviews, so many crappy interviews that actually turned out to being like, Hey, you know, we're not going to be able to use your skill set, but somebody else will. So it's constant connection and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So anytime that someone is asking, they're like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be a right fit for this job. I don't know if I really like it. Like, just go. Because right. you never know who that person knows and how you're all going to be connected at some point. And I've gotten so many jobs like that. Um, not, you know, the interview, but like I've made friends and, and now I know people and we keep in touch and they're on my mailing list. And I'm like, hey, and they're like, oh, wow, I could actually use, you know, you know, you're actually good at doing a logo. So, hey, and it just gets the ball rolling. So it, it really helps. So. I definitely had to market myself in different ways once I came to the, like when I realized that I was more of an illustrator and I networked with my illustration friends and they've been, I have like many friends that are like so knowledgeable and sharing their information and experience. And they're like, well, you know, you could try a mail, you could try a mailing list. You could try putting an ad in, a, in an illustration book. You could try doing um, you know, social media gives you such a reach too. Like it's awesome tagging everything. I mean, illustration. You've, so you've had a lot of good luck. No, you've had <laughs> a lot of good luck. You've gotten in some blogs, you've gotten, you've had some legs on some things and some, I, I think the toaster project is one of those that had some legs that I think you got featured on uppercase magazine. Yeah. And I love that magazine. I actually it's awesome. It. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. So if you guys don't know about uppercase, I got to interview this lady, but that's all she does. She does, she does the design and she does a bunch of stuff that other books have kind of spun out of that, but there's no advertising in that magazine, which I think is amazing. And I started in publishing. And so for a magazine not to have ads, that's what we did too. That was pretty, it's hard to do. It's just subscription based funded. Uh -huh. So let's get back to, so you, you have had some legs on some of those things. It's also about going and being uh, willing to go to some interviews. Also yes. me and you connected on LinkedIn. I saw yeah. something that you posted uh -huh. and it, it was amazing. And then I just started digging into some other stuff that you had posted and your work. And I was like, man, she's awesome. And she's, you really do. You've had some legs and you've done fun cards. Like I think Danielle Langdon, who's in Missouri, she also does a card project. So she's probably connected uh, or she's excited to hear what you're going to say because you have done some card projects um, that are yeah. clever, funny. I mean, you definitely, she has some of these have, it's like faces and then you get to, that's pipe cleaner and you get <laughs> to make the, the, yeah, you get to make the mustache, which yeah. is terrific. <laughs> yeah. So how much time, and really what I mean by marketing is you have, um, there are a couple things as a designer, if somebody's wanting a logo, that's a different, you're marketing to a company, a company yeah. that doesn't necessarily have a designer. And then if you're, you're marketing as an illustrator, you're probably marketing to an art director or to, um, a publishing company where they're doing book covers or something else, somebody who's probably already in the industry. So it, it's different. You kind of, and you do fortunately have two different websites. You have your Signorina Navarra, which yes. I will write that down because I know maybe not everybody like me knows how to spell that. Um, but then you also have your Duda Studio website as well. Um, and yes. she's selling stuff on Etsy. When we talk about people who have stuff in seven buckets and they're trying to make sure that they're 
uh, spreading out so they're not just putting all their eggs in one basket. That's what Angela is doing. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to get her on. So what percentage of your work this week or mm -hmm. this month or the last I don't, six months or something do you think has been illustration work and what percentage has been designed? Because I do think it fluctuates probably. It it does. It does. It really fluctuates. Sometimes it's like recently it's 60% design and 40% illustration, even 70% design and 30% illustration. But then there's times where it's like 80% illustration and 20 and you know, 20% I'm like, am I getting the percentages right? I'm like, hold on. It's okay. We're not math people. We'll, we'll take whatever like, you do. And then 10% design. Oh, there's another 10%. So yeah. So 20% uh, design. So, but right now it's mostly design work that I'm doing, which I love doing, but it just, it just keeps me on my toes. I don't like doing the same things and I'm always trying new things. Like I'm like, oh yeah, I want to try and do, you know, a product design. And even though nobody hired me to do the product design, I'm just going to do it and I'm going right. to see how it works. Even though like that's what started the toaster calendar. Like, I really think that this could be really fun and I'm obsessed with toasters. So why not like make something that'll just sit around all year on your desk and just constantly remind me of wonderful toasters. Exactly. So that, and it's spiraled into getting work that's similar to that recognition for things like that. Um, you know, and it takes time because there's times where I'm like, you know, I'm not getting paid for this project, but it actually, it's the best way to get the kind of work. You do the work that you want to get and you show that and people appreciate that. Art directors out there appreciate that and, and, and stores, uh, shops that want to carry it appreciate that. Um, but yes. But you also have a range. So you're not just doing... I mean, you do mostly digital illustration, but you also do lettering. So yes, you... So then you have the design, which I really feel like your websites focus so much on the illustration and lettering, right? You yes. But then those you, are my loves. Yeah, I love exactly. Yeah, I think like the same thing with the toaster. So, uh, and I read the the I, it was a blog post or what, but you had a ton of antique toasters, I guess, that you had collected or have. I still. did. Okay. Yeah, I had to get rid of them because space is an issue. <laughs> okay, so. But you had this, so then that, it, this toaster project, this calendar stemmed yeah. from you loving toast, toasters, right? Yes. Yes. Loving old school, like 1920s, 1950s toasters, going to the toaster museum. Like I get obsessive over things. And then when I do, it ends up showing up in my work. Like I get obsessive with certain color palettes. I get obsessive with, with a lettering style and then I just kind of like you know keep going and then you know sometimes it turns into something else which would have never evolved if I never started at that one place right and with the toaster calendar I incorporated hand lettering like things that I love like I have a very mechanical mind but I also have a very like abstract mind so I like projects that kind of combine those two things and I was able to do that with that with the calendar like I'm like oh yeah I get to do lettering but I also get to figure out how I'm going to package this and how this is going to work together and that was really difficult but it was so satisfying when it finally worked because they would cave in the toast slices would slide down how are they going to stay up like all this all this production stuff that I ran into that I learned so much from that I could take and apply to other projects in the future 
Right. Um, I want to show them the toaster calendar since we're talking about it so much. So I think you guys can see my screen. So this is kind of how, how it worked. And, and you can get your own today, yes. <laughs> if you want, which I shared the um, link in the, in the awesome. chat already. And it'll be in the show notes if you're watching this on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, this is a constant. I always think of calendars as such a great um, constant marketing because somebody's using it all the time. And it's a constant reminder of you and a constant reminder of your um your illustration, your design, but then also kind of your quirky loves, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it, it was just something that was very near and dear to my heart. And I put so much into it and it was ups and downs. Like I remember trying to submit it to the MoMA, uh, the Museum of Modern Art were looking for product submissions and they actually really liked my toaster calendar. So I made it past round one and I got in there, but the production was not resolved. So I'm like, I had this awesome idea. I took pictures of it and I submitted it. And then they're like, we want to see an actual prototype. Please mail one in. Oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> MoMA, oh my God. And then they're like, yeah, no. It, it's, I still had to work on the production aspect. So a lot of the time, like I always thought, if you have an awesome idea, like you got it and that's it, you know? It wasn't, <laughs> no, like, and I'm like, they'll like totally get that what I'm trying to do here and they'll have faith that it's going to come together. They didn't. And I don't blame them because it was months <laughs> after I figured out how to package it, how to make it come together, how, where to get it printed, what type of printing process, you know, it took a while. So, and I learned so much working with this, the awesome printer that I worked with too. But yeah, I was really sad about that not happening, but you know. I but something else better, it'll come. So you'll yeah. have another idea and then Mobo will want that thing. But yes. now you, you learned something, right? Yeah, it was an honor just that they acknowledged my toaster calendar. Yeah. They <laughs> liked it. So, you know, things like that uh, that have happened. Um, so when, when you worked in publishing, what was your job? And what kind of publishing did you like? Was it a book or magazines or? Um, it was mostly children's books. So I first started off doing consumer products at Nickelodeon mm -hmm. for properties like Dora the Explorer, Blue's Clues, and Aya. Um, and it was awesome because I would create style guides for the properties. And we would have different themes like, you know, Storybook Dora or Everlasting Blue. And that's how I actually started illustrating because they were like, hey, you know, why don't you draw it? Like, why don't you give it a shot? Draw Dora for these style guides and let's see how it works. So they started liking like my illustrations and they kept that. I was actually a junior designer at the time, but they had me illustrating a, a lot. Um, and, and then I was like, I can't wait. No, I'm still just, I'm designing. I'm designing were you, patterns. Were you doing that on like how, how on paper, on an iPad, on, on the computer? Like, how were you illustrating that? Cause did you think of yourself as an illustrator before then? No, never. Like I, I knew lettering. I was really good at lettering. So I loved lettering. I did that all throughout college and I, that I didn't even consider illustration, but I guess it, it is also considered illustration because I studied so many typography. I took so many typography classes. I designed fonts. I designed lettering, title treatments and things like that. But I still was in the mentality of like, I'm a designer um, and this is what I'm doing. So as the years went on, I noticed that they were asking me to do more and more illustration projects as uh, 
a junior designer. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it, it started sinking in. It started sinking in. So I worked there. I started doing children's properties there. And it was awesome, you know, to have a whole style guide and then uh, people in manufacturing take your style guide and they start applying it to products like T-shirts, bedding, lunch boxes. And it's so awesome. when I'm like, oh, my God, I drew that. I'm like, that's on a lunch box. Like, yeah. I'm so excited because you know you're just so like focused and you just see it printed and it's a style guide but then when you see your designs applied to product that was really exciting to me to see it in real time um then I knew somebody at Nickelodeon that went into publishing and uh he was like well why don't you just come in and we'll start working together I actually have this you know Clifford the Big Red Dog needs a major revamp why don't we start there and see how it goes? And that was like a project that lasted like years because it's Clifford the Big Red Dog is such a large property. And it started from like, hey, let's just create book covers. Let's do it. Let's do the branding. Let's do a treasury. Let's do let's make patterns for it. So again, illustration and design started, you know, my world was always like both of them entangled with one another. So I never really knew who I was and everyone always asked me do you consider yourself an illustrator or a designer and I'm like a designer and I, I stopped saying that because I, why should I limit myself right. <laughs> just so somebody could really label you to try to understand who you are and I'm like no I mean I have an eye for design I love design it's like there's like everything I look at I try to imagine what the designer was thinking and put my own spin on things but like when I'm illustrating too it's just a completely it's I also illustrate with design in mind and composition in mind and how things are going to be printed and like I, I like there's a lot of thought process that goes on behind what I do some of it's strange thought process which <laughs> But, you know, um, but it's, it's my thought process. And, but those know. are, those are things that help make you, you. And so it's just kind of embracing some of that. So at what point did you find an agent or did you say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this on the side. Cause you have to kind of get the side gig going before yeah. you can go out completely freelance. So what, um, when did you decide to get an agent? Were you still working at the publishing company or was yeah. that after it was, it was a little later on. I think it was like around maybe a few years, four years later where I was like, you know what, let me just try because in publishing, I worked with so many agents and I was art directing projects and I was working and hiring illustrators. And then I noticed more and more work was coming my way just hiring me for illustration work. So I thought, you know, I kind of would like somebody to in my corner in that way that could help me with the because I'm bad with dealing with paperwork and negotiating oh, yeah, all, and that, all stuff. that stuff like yeah. I just really want to create um so I started I started applying and um I, I got feedback you know and it sucks it's hard to put yourself out there because you're afraid of rejection so I was really like hesitant because I said at the time I don't really have things that I'm ready to show I mean they're kind of incomplete but I eventually just, I was like, you know what, let me just, so I would just kind of send my work to a ton of different agents. Um, and some of them would respond and they're like, Hey, you know, we see a lot of potential here and they took the time to give me feedback. Um, but I didn't get an agent at that point in my career. I just kept on working towards getting a portfolio that was more consistent. Um, and were these from side projects that you were doing or self initiated projects that you were working on that you were building this portfolio? 
it was a mix of both. Okay. It was a mix of both because when I would get hired to illustrate greeting cards, I was inspired to create greeting cards. So I would do, you know, their work and then on the side, especially concepts that they rejected that I still liked, I would still, I would go on and do that. So I'd be like, here, this was paid work, but here's, you know, something that I did on my own. Um, so that was really, it was a while before I got an agent, but I think I mentioned to you before, Diane, that, you know, you should really know the field that you want to get into. I was just throwing my work to anybody who would look at it at one point. I'm like, here, what do you think? I want feedback. It's good to have. But it wasn't focused, right? Exactly. It wasn't focused. So I didn't even know what I wanted to be or do. Did I, did I want to do licensing? Did I want to do do just publishing? Did I want to go to editorial and advertising? You know, there's so many ways that you could go. And I just started doing that. Um, and I, and I said, you know what, I really want to try my hand at licensing. Um, so So explain what that is for anybody who's, uh, I mean, editorial is working for a magazine. They give you an article and you illustrate it and they tell you how many and the sizes that you're going to do or and publishing, you're doing book covers or doing the entire book. Um, um, licensing, I know what it is, but can you explain? Yes. You know better. <laughs> yeah. So licensing is creating collections. So we talk, I like, you know, uh, you create collections and, um, let's say somebody that has a company is interested in taking your artwork and putting it on their cards or on their bedding. If they're, you know, a home style company, they'll take, they'll take your artwork and put it on a, like a zip pouch or they'll put it on you know, dish plates, they'll put it on. It's basically consumer products is my experience. I started a Nickelodeon kind of grasping that idea. I'm like, oh, so you can create, but I didn't understand that you could actually license the artwork that you have and make passive income. Right. Because, because you're drawing something and they're not getting it outright. They're not buying all the rights for all the years forever. They're buying You get to determine or you and your agent get to determine how long. And this is where having an agent comes into play. That's terrific because they understand the market. They understand how long a license normally lasts and something where it's in um, textiles or in, you know, something that's going to have a, a shelf life because yes. the design or color palettes are going to go out for next season. So then you know how long it could live, but that might not be something that we all know from the beginning. So this could be an advantage to having a, a agent, right? Yeah, exactly. Like at first I would, I didn't even know that was an option. So I created patterns for uh, this one company that does baby swaddles and I, you know, sold my patterns outright. Um, which is fine, but they're still using it and it's five years of past and they're using it on bibs. They're using it at first. It was just swaddles and the patterns have sold pretty well, but they're putting it on everything. And I'm like, so was that something you did before you had an agent? Yes. Yes. So in, when you sell something out and as a designer, I think that we're used to selling something outright like, Oh, I did this. Exactly. And then it, it's gone. And then you, they get to use it on whatever, but five years that I guess it's a good lesson. Obviously it is. You've had a good, <laughs> you it's true. Good. And I'm like, wait Five. a minute. I thought they were just using that on swaddles. And now I see it on every, like every product that they have. And I did quite a few patterns for them. I mean, I really loved working with them. They're so how, awesome. did, how did you find them or did you approach them because you knew you wanted to do this? Somebody, I actually went through a headhunter for design work. And they were looking 
for an illustrator and the headhunter told me they have like an awesome illustration project. So would I be interested? So they connected us, which was really great because they were looking for more designers instead of illustrators because you had to make the textile repeated, the pattern repeatable. So you have to know how to create a pattern that's going to repeat to infinity and beyond, you know? So you need to have like that design background, but I was also an illustrator. So we really like got along super well. It was so, it was a great project to work so on. So you had a headhunter. This was before you had an agent. So a headhunter, yes. you, but you were freelance? I was freelance. So okay. I was like still like, you know, I had my own design projects, but I always try to put feelers out in so many different ways and see what comes back. So how, um, so like, I don't, so was it a, a big company that has, does headhunters or was it somebody that you had met? Like I'm trying to paint so that people can replicate this if, if they wanted to, because I also think that there is something that people who are designers who are also illustrators have an advantage. Yes. There is that design mind and you can think of it. So I feel like all the stuff that you did at Nickelodeon for yes. the properties really paved the way, but you had no idea it was going to pave the way or it was going to be something that you loved. Yes, exactly. Like I didn't know that I would love children's properties and you know, I, my, my, my work in college and even before had like a really, you know, charming and childlike quality. And people would tell me, you should really do illustration for children's books or you should really work in children's publishing. And I'm like, I don't even know how to get there. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just a designer trying to design, you know, I don't even know, but we, um, I started there and you're right. The mindset that I had, you don't license design, you know, right. you just pay outright. When you design a logo for a large company, they pay you outright, but it's a larger sum, but it's not, you're not going to license. So my mentality and my experience didn't, didn't, I, it didn't translate. And then when I met, I had more illustration friends and then it, actually hiring illustrators too mm -hmm. and I'm like oh so they get royalties and you could pay them a you could pay them a flat fee but they still maintain the they still maintain the rights to their work it's still their copyright and they collect royalties if they sell over a certain amount I'm like oh right how does that work yeah so it just it really helped being on that side in publishing, you know, being an art director, being a designer and working with illustrators and agents. It really kind of helped me focus because I feel like a lot of my life I haven't focused. I just, you know, get a feeling and I'm like, this is, all, I'm going to do this right now. I like it. <laughs> so they kind of having an agent really helps corral you. They give you focus. They give you, um, clarity and they're like hey this is the sloth craze is like insane right now can you do some animal cards or you know things like that and I'm like oh yeah you know I was like working on a sloth card but then I got sidetracked and I started working on something else that I thought was awesome like you know birds <laughs> whatever or like I just wanted to design something but they it really it really helps having that guidance and it was a long time before I realized that because it was like you know, I had one agent that was too big. The second was too small. And now I'm at the one that's, it was like the Goldilocks effect. You know? <laughs> so talk about that a little bit. So finding that, so going from that headhunter, because the headhunter is not the agent, correct? No. And I didn't even know at that time there was such a thing as an illustration agent. So, <laughs> so a headhunter is going to find jobs. It could be one-off jobs. It, yes. but it's more, sometimes they take a cut. It's kind of like a recruiter, I think. Yes, it is. Right? It is. 
So, so what I'm, I guess I want to say is that what that tells me is that I should even talk to recruiters that are for design, design recruiters, even if I'm an illustrator. So I'm thinking of like Doc Reed, who's here. He's in North Carolina. He's an illustrator, great illustrator, but he uh-huh. could talk to, I think, you know, if you're trying to focus on illustration, this is another avenue of possibly getting some illustration work is by saying, hey, I'm a designer, but I'm also an illustrator. Because I think that's a niche in those des- people who are trying to place designers that they don't have a lot of people that they can place that are necessarily right. illustrators and designers. And sometimes a project calls for that. It's, it's true. And it's such a, especially now with icon, iconography, am I saying it properly? With all the apps and everything. Like, so a lot of the work that I was asked to, you know, you know, submit a, submit a proposal for was like, Oh, you know, you're a designer, but can you create a style guide for an app that we're going to do? And we love, like, we want icons that are focusing on love and this and that. So can you create something like that? And, you know, people, it's more rare to find somebody that has those two mindsets, which is awesome because I love like merging both worlds. And I think that we're always so we're always forced to be one or the other. And I, you don't have to be like, it's just, you know, and it's such a benefit. And I think people have a hard time trying to wrap their head around who you are when you're not one or the other. But so Andre's saying he's had illustrators and his internet went down. He said he's had art directors for art editors say that they don't like what illustrators also design and they would, because they would tell them, uh, like they would tell them how to do their job, like a designer art director. And next week we also have another illustrator. So just yeah. to, uh, plug that. So he's doing children's book illustration, but he's also started out as a designer. So I actually feel like it's a it's a huge advantage, but it's just so it's too. being able to step back and having an art director. So I think, um, not that Andre isn't doing this, but I feel like some art directors might be like, well, you know, feeling like they have to kind of, fluff their feathers and show their, you know, yes. uh, place. And I feel like there is, and Josh and I are definitely going to be talking about some of that with some of the things. Cause you know, if I was thinking about it, Angela, I would say, Oh, they ask you to design this and then mm-hmm. you do it. And there's no critique. There's no like, Oh, you know, maybe you can make that leaf a little bit bigger or whatever. Like they don't, but they do do that. They do come back sometimes and say, Hey, I need you to, you know, change the color or I, I mean, there are going to be yes. things there's, there still is edits and revisions. And yeah. there could be a lot, right? You know, because there's so many hands, so many approvals, so many people that have to be on the same page. And I think it's, it was helpful for me to see that side of it. And it makes me a lot more patient when I'm illustrating for something. And they're like, I'm sorry, you know, marketing, cause there's marketing, there's, you know, editorial, there's, you know, sales. And it's just, everybody's has a different mindset. You know, they're like, this is topical right now, but this is more unique and we haven't seen it. We're afraid to make something more unique, you know? So I got to see all the voices in the room and and I'm like, you don't need to apologize. I know exactly what's happening when they're like, I'm really sorry. You know, this shoe isn't going to sell. If you put the shoe on the cover, it's not really like topical right now. I know it's unique, but marketing and sales right. think it's stated or it doesn't look retro enough. So you have to change it. You have to, and even when I hire illustrators, I try to wait as long as possible. I'm sorry. I try to wait as long as possible to give them feedback because I, 
I'm afraid I don't want to give them feedback. And then somebody else comes at me and like, Hey, you know, I just showed this to somebody else. And can you ask him or her to do this now? And I'm like, it happens. It happens at the 11th hour. I'm like, Hey, you know, this isn't politically (laughs) correct. And someone just told us about this. Can we get this artwork back tomorrow? And I feel awful doing but, it. You know, but it's but it's part of the game, which it is is, is not necessary. It's not something as a designer we're not un. It's not unheard of. So we yeah. have a couple of questions. I want to make sure, sure. I get. Them. So Matt yeah. has a question. Uh-huh. Um, he said, "Do you shop your work to a cold lead list?" Um, and he says, "I have two huge project books, but how to get in the get it in the right hands of the people? I've never." How do I get it in the hands of the right people that he's never met? And I think that's probably a really, you know, a lot of people have that same uh, hurt, pain point. Yeah. So getting something that he's working on into the hands that he so, is Yeah, and he, he, I think he's working off a cold lead list, meaning he doesn't know the people. So how, how does he get it to those people? Okay. So we get a lot of, I've seen through, and I've been a designer in publishing houses and we get so many mailers from illustrators. Um, and to be as specific as possible, like put the name of the art director, because sometimes it says art department, right? you know, and you know, I don't know where your mailer is going to go, um, but try to find out the art director in the group and send it to her and send you know, when there's a no or when there's something more intimate or personal about it, it really stands out in a stack of mailers or a stack of promo materials. Like I'll go through it. And I'm like, oh, someone hand lettered the envelope. Oh, I'm going to keep it. And I put it in the, it really, cause they get, art directors get a ton of mail. Right. So how are you going to make your stand out? A note, you know, cause we just get like postcards sometimes and write I- something. Yeah, I would think that doing something a little bit extra, and that's where the internet comes into play and connecting on LinkedIn or um, following them on Instagram. If they're not doing creative work, if say they're just doing, they're not, they don't have a side project they're posting to, then Mm -hmm. it may be harder to reach out to them on Instagram, but it's not hard to reach out on uh, LinkedIn. And that may be where you start the conversation. It doesn't mean that then when they get your letter, then it's it's more meaningful because you've already had a it's not so cold i think yes exactly and then you start a dialogue you know it's the best when you're just like hey you know something that i do on linkedin is if someone accepts my linkedin request i sent i i don't i'm not a fan when people are like hey can i add you to my linkedin network okay sure i always try to email them afterwards and i'm like hey and i try to look at their profile and see who they are as a human being and I talk about their interests. I'm like, wow, I really love what you did. Or I'm a big fan of this genre and books. I have a mailing list. You know, I send out an email once a, I'd like to send out once a month, but it's more like once every three months, let's be honest. I'm not going to spam you, but I'd love to keep you in the loop of my, with my projects. I, I'm, I like to think of myself as a sincere human being and I try to convey that through messaging and I usually get a really good response. They're like, yeah, of course, here's my email address. And I just, just that note that I send people, it makes such a big difference. And then, you know, they email me back when I send a mailing, we love this. We have something coming down the pipeline. You know, it's about building something that's a little bit more real and intimate with people than just kind of adding numbers to your LinkedIn profile. Like, Hey, you know, like we're all people trying to connect with one another. And it's so hard to really do that in this climate of social media Mm -hmm. and feel like so much of it is so impersonal, you know, just to send a message. It takes 
like a minute. It, it, it's made such a big difference. So Matt said, so we're back to sending physical things. And I, I think yes, but it can start. You don't have to just, you know, have a thousand printed. You can really have them uh, catered, but that's yes. where knowing what you want to focus on. Right. Yes. And then also being able to share some of those weird, um, uh, things that you're really into, like a toaster, you know, you might yes. have, have another whole list that's just toaster people or have, you know, people who are, you know, want more hand lettering or, you know, and then you can focus in, but I still, I think getting something that is physically uh, focused for yes. that person is mm -hmm. huge, right? It is. It's huge. And you could also focus on somebody through email. Like when I get mailing right. mailings from illustrators, it's awesome. I love seeing what they're up to, but I love it when they're like, Hey Angela, what's up? Like, what's going on? What are you working on? Here's some stuff that I worked on. Like they actually took the time to like acknowledge me as a human and it means a lot to me. And I save, I save their work. And yeah. I, if they're, if I see, a project that comes down the pipeline that really their aesthetic could really be helpful towards. I present them to the art directors. I present them to the group. I've done this in the past. It, and it's not because all the other illustrators that have sent promo materials aren't as talented or amazing, but you know, it's all about like standing out and making an impression and you want to be someone awesome to work with. And I get to see your personality. You exactly. know, there's, there's so many factors that go into having a relationship with somebody. And it's not just like, here, here's my work. And I'm like, who are you? Like, tell me about yourself, you know? And if that's, we're gonna, that's yes. exactly it, right? Yeah. It's, we're not working with just, uh, I always feel like with developers, you know, they're just kind of like punching in the code or whatever. Yeah. But really, really, we need somebody who we can go back and forth with and somebody we can work with. And that's what an art director is looking for as an illustrator. So they need yes. to see that you're more than just your portfolio. So how are you getting your personality out? And you can do that by being a good um, emailer, right? Yes. Uh, being conscientious of who they are and doing a little digging. And it's your social skills, right? A little bit of your, exactly. your soft skills go into helping you get that. But Scott also said, who's, he's also an illustrator, does children's stuff. He said, yes, send physical things. He has a smallest, I think, Scott, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said about 250. And so that still may be a little mu much for some people, but we're not talking about what they used to do is print 10,000 and send it to every single person. You're really, now we can focus and you can focus in on the people who you really connect with maybe on, uh, on how they work and how they share the work that they're producing. Exactly. You know, and even when you send like if an illustrator sends a mailer and then follows up, through email. And it's like, Hey, Angela, did you get my mailing? I sent it out last week. And it was, you know, just starting a dialogue mm -hmm. is excellent and keeping top. And I try to do that as well. When I'm seeking illustration work, you know, I send things and then I'm like, Hey, you know, I try to talk about who they are and what they're doing. And it's not just, you know, and I'm interested in hearing about what you're doing. Let's go grab a coffee. Let's go do something. Or, you know, it doesn't have to just be all print. It's the way you do it. You could be right. really successful at doing it digitally, or you could be successful at doing it print wise, and you could combine them both. It's just a matter of kind of showing your personality to them because that will affect it, you know, if an art director, I mean, there's so many talented illustrators sometimes, and I'm just like, oh my God, I love everybody. 
Yeah. They're so amazing. And I just save them. And, and sometimes it gets lost and I hang some of them up in my office and I want to remember them. But the people that reach out to me make the biggest impression. Hmm. And I remember them the most. Like I'm like, oh yeah, like that woman that was telling me about her dog. She's so cute. <laughs> it's about time, right? Yeah. They're giving you some time instead of just clicking a connect, connect, connect. Yeah. So they're doing a little bit more groundwork. And and that's why those are I mean, that's how you and I I did not send her anything physically, people. No, Angela and I just connected. But we had a, a talk like this and then I was like, oh my God, goodness, this is, this is great. I, I want to have you on the show because I think you have a lot of information. Yeah. So, so it's really, it's about giving some people some of your time. So we have two more yeah. questions that I want to make sure. sure I get. And Joseph okay. over talking, I think he might have typed the same thing again. Okay. Um, but it's as a, he's a non-illustrator designer, often mm -hmm. wondered about licensing as it pertains to the work he's done. Do you have any insights or experience with licensing from that end? And so uh, uh, Joseph has done a lot of um, t-shirts or t-shirt things. So if you were, th think more, and if I'm wrong, Joe, let me know. But so can you go backwards? And I, I don't believe you can. If you've sold it out, you can't go backwards, but you can go forwards. If, if you own the rights of that thing, then you can exactly. sell those uh, as a, and it, again, it's a, this is where talking to somebody like you or talking or having an art director where you actually are reading what somebody else is licensing. And then you kind of get the insight. Oh, they're, they're getting royalties. Yes. Yes. So if he, so he was saying that he's a designer and he wants to get into licensing. Um, you know, it's all about putting yourself in that arena. Like, where do you want to license your product to? These t-shirts. Um, are there manufacturers that need artwork for mm. apparel? How do you get in touch with them? Um, an agent would be an easy way to do that. And if you find an agent that's focusing on your niche, you know, it would be good to kind of be in contact with that agent. It might work out, it might not. If anything, they'll give you information and knowledge into the industry that you want to get into. It always helps. Um, um, I worked with clothing and it was, again, it was, I worked with a company in LA and I didn't think I was an illustrator at the time. So I was creating graphics for their clothing and I, I was just getting paid outright to do it. Um, a lot of, a lot of the experience that I've had is just, it's not, um, how do I put it? It's, they just kind of want to buy the artwork outright, which <laughs> it's easier for them. It's, you know, whatever we could do, whatever we want to it. If it sells well, we could put it on here and to right. get them to do licensing. An agent really makes a difference in that arena to deal with licensing. Plus, I don't know how, what's his name? Joseph? Yeah. Yes, uh, like how well you are with contracts and how to keep track of everything. I'm not. I'm, I bought all the books. The GAG, the Graphic Artist Guild book, mm -hmm. is an excellent resource. And there's contracts in there. And there, it explains how certain things work in different industries. And even then, I'm like, my brain hurts. I, I don't even know. Like, I, Okay, so if I do this... That'll happen. I, it still doesn't work for me. I just, you know, but you can. And I know plenty of artists that have done licensing and, you know, they created a collection of things that they wanted and the art director envisions your artwork on plates. Mm -hmm. Like right. if Joseph is like, oh, I, I wanted to create these for t-shirts. I'm like, well, there's like this really kick-ass plate manufacturer that could totally see your artwork on their plates. They'll pay you and they'll license your artwork. 
or they'll try to buy it outright. That's why getting your, your work in front of as many art directors, they'll imagine, they could see the potential of your work being in different places, in different areas that you probably are like not, you, you know, you just have one, you, you just see your, your stuff and you created it for that specific thing. But I know I've done it and I've seen artwork. I'm like, Oh my God, this artwork would be amazing. is like bedding or a baby swaddle. And the illustrator's intention was not for that. Right. You know, so your work has way more reach than you think. It's just about putting it in front of the art director. All right, so it's, I'm sorry, keep going. Sure, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. So I want to switch gears and go back to the Goldilocks because we're okay. talking We're talking about how an agent is an advantage. Yes. So let's talk about the big, the small, the, oh, just right. So yes. kind of go through what was, um, you know, when you don't know much, you, you finally get somebody to say yes and mm-hmm. they're what for you. What was that, what did that look like and, and why did, was that fit not okay? And then why was it that you didn't stop? You went to another agency and then you went to another agency. And I definitely want to get into some other thing, other questions in regards to that. Yes. So yes, someone said yes. And I was so excited. I'm like, Oh my God, I have an agent. And you know, deep down inside, I saw that my work wasn't quite the right fit for them. They had another illustrator or two that I loved. And I was like, Oh, you know, if these illustrators are getting work, I could I could see myself in the same arena in the same aesthetic feel as you know and I and I could probably be marketable to them so they they took me on and was this a uh, big small what it was a big small a big <laughs> it was a big small you know it was a big agency a big agency they had like forty or fifty no it was even more than that like and they had they had a lot of artists with them and they had so many different types of directions, like more mass, more, you know, some a fellow illustrators, like, you know, they have like kind of like an aesthetic of hotel art, you know, but they also have more sophisticated and charming. But I think a lot of their clients were more mass appeal. Um, so they, they, I really liked a few things about them. And the things that I liked about them is that they sent me uh, inspiration and mood boards, like, hey, this is really trendy right now. Uh, mustard is really trendy. Um, nautical themes are very trendy. Can you create a collection focusing on this? So t- explain uh, what a collection is. And if you can show that one, that would be awesome. Oh, sure. Yeah. So a collection is a collection of artwork. So if you have a theme, so I'm going to show you guys a theme that I had. And I had a theme, underwater theme. So you create vignettes, small graphics, and you also create patterns. Now these vignettes could be applied to anything. They could be applied to cards. Basically making a variety of art that art directors could take and, you know, apply through and have consistency through, you know, what their vision is. And multiple things. products, right? Yeah, multiple products. Like, you know, hey, I had an, an underwater uh, collection and I had six or six to eight patterns that they wanted. And then I had like six to eight vignettes and vignettes are like little graphics that I could put on cards. I could use as, you know, they could use as nursery art. Mm-hmm. You know, some of this you know, as wall art, as wall decor, um, as bedding, as, as, as baby swaddles, you know, it's just having that. And these art directors like to pull things apart, make sure the artwork is prepared in a way where they, if they Mm. love this star, 
they'll just take the star and use it as a pattern. So things need to be like really, they sometimes they'll disassemble it, sometimes artists have an issue with it, sometimes they don't. They'll always check with you first to see if you're comfortable with separating your artwork. Um, so it's collections, collections having flexibility, but there's always patterns in collections and graphics with, within that. Um, and, and I feel like agents love that because Can you show us that. Sure. Sorry. Here, hold on. Let me try. Okay. So share screen. Okay. I'm just going to go through my, okay. Here we go. So, okay. Great. Yes, I have licensing. So here's the seahorse collection. Okay, so it was it started as seahorse collection. Then I created six patterns that have kind of this underwater theme. I had a color palette that I you know stuck with um, and tried to drag that across across all all the graphics and all the artwork that I prepared for this collection. And then here's an example of a vignette where you know this is something that they could use if they want to just take the seahorse and just put it on something they could do that this would be great for baby nursery art so things like that and here's a mermaid they could take it apart keep it together you know so are you creating these how um, i'm creating them first i illustrated everything by hand then i brought it in to illustrator and i did a live trace and i you know i like subtracting the line um, and so having some, like of the, some of the textures that you're getting is that from originally when you created it or is that do you do that in illustrator I some of the texture was from illustrator because it was I, I brought it in from markers and pencils mm -hmm. but then I kind of refined it in Photoshop okay. so some brushes I buy some of some I've created by myself mm -hmm. so and I kind of like add that textural quality to it um, which I feel like, you know, it's a lot of my work and I try to keep that consistent. And sometimes I just do pure vector too. And with just like a vector outline, that's a little bit organic, but I like adding the texture and the dimension into the vector art. I love so. that stuff about yours. Oh, thank you. So it has a lot. You have a, a, a few of those vignettes and yes. then you have a bunch of patterns that will work together. Yes, and that's an example of one collection. And then there's also, you know, they'll want something like just lettering, you mm -hmm. know, and this is something that they also asked me to do where it's like love, dream, and mm -hmm. I created like type treatments that could kind of apply. And they gave me the words to illustrate and I illustrated it. I picked a color palette that was, that worked well together mm -hmm. and they could stand alone and they could work together if somebody wanted to create a set of wall art with it. Um, mm. different icons, you know, you could pull the, like art directors have pulled like certain graphics. They're like, we love this flower. Let's do something with that. Or, you yeah, know, you can make pattern on fabric and make a pillow or do whatever. Right. Exactly. Like it's the art director's job. I mean, it helps for the illustrator to think of the possibilities when they're creating that, but it's the art director that sees it and envisions what, you know, you could be. And then, you know, you work together. You're like, hey, would you mind creating a pattern out of exactly what you said? Would you mind creating a pattern out of the hearts and one with the moon? 
to complement your lettering. So we have like a pillow and we have wall art. And if some mom wants to buy something for her child, she has like a whole set and we can make everything together. Right. It's just them knowing that you're capable of doing something like that. You're, you're consistent, but also being unique at the same time, you know? Right. The consistency I think is critical when you're in editorial illustration, when you're creating a series of book covers, people want to know that you can, you can work in a series. It's and I true. think these don't have to be huge. I think this one has four. Um, it's four. Parts. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, these don't have to be 30-day projects, but no. sometimes um, maybe a 30-day project, you come out with 12 only that work. This is a great series. This The the 24 7 365 is what I call it. I don't know if that's yes, exactly. yes, I love it. Um, yeah, so they wanted me to create this. Was inspired by something I did for somebody else, another client, and they were like, Hey, would you mind creating like inspirational posters for you know, uh, inspirational posters with diner like 1960s, 1950s retro diner signage? And I'm like, Yeah, so I did that, and this was really awesome. And it's just two. It's just two posters. So was this something you, again, did by hand? Yes. And then uh, what were you, what medium are you using? Because, I mean, one thing, the shadow, I just, that was something that really got me about this, the lettering shadow. Yes. So it looks really like it's off, you know, the, that it's standing off and the sun's, you know, shining down. I love that part. Thanks. So what, what were you using? What were your tools? So this, I created... So I drew that lettering mm-hmm. by hand and I brought it into Illustrator and then I kind of did a manual 3D okay, just to see the way I would like, just to see where the letters, like the, the overlap and how it, it would extrude. Mm-hmm. Then I took that in to Photoshop and I kind of started painting it with watercolor brushes mm. in the shadows. Um, awesome. I, yeah. So I kind of did that with this. It was all, I like everything I drew from hand, but like the depth and all that. You I added. Kind of, I added that later on. I didn't do that. By, so you're like, coloring in Photoshop or Illustrator. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. Um, so th- this is another example of a collection that, you know, and I, you know, I put textures in there from paintings mm. that I did in the past and I brought them into Photoshop and I just kind of like to put, a bunch of different like you know watercolor and acrylic textures together and this is an example of just two there's two and it's a collection and you know it's wall art so it's good to have at least two but you know it's nice to have a range of collections like agents really love seeing that you're capable of doing like creating consistency um Oh, where's the? But they also like that you can do multiple things because oh then, yeah, you know to to me as it, when I was uh, working in corporate, we had to hire illustrators, and I had this one guy who could do everything. So it was just better because him and I worked well together. So yes. if I needed something in this uh, vein, he could create it. But then he also creates something in a different style, which was really um, helpful because I feel like sometimes if your feed is too consistent like that that's all you have then people feel like you're a one-hit wonder that that's the only thing you can do so sometimes I feel like these really big um projects which I actually feel like 100 day projects 365 they're all awesome Uh, yeah don't feel like that's the only thing that these people can do so I kind of like a smaller number of days I guess if but it but it's on something that you already 
do pretty well. So Matt has another question. Sure. How do you decide what con uh, what content what the content of the work that you build on your own? How do you overcome blank page syndrome? Um, so I just like to see what's out there, and I always ask, like you, you know, you just kind of. You know, even if you're seeing like, you know, right now sloths are everywhere um, and you don't want to create a sloth, but you see all these awesomely cute animals and I see small animals on a lot of greeting cards. You don't have to create that. You could create like a collection of small animals that could be on greeting cards or they could be the start of a pattern. They could be, you know, just, I feel like the computer's intimidating at times mm. and just kind of drawing on crappy paper because I also feel guilty <laughs> about like using really nice paper and I'm like oh man that was a really expensive sheet of paper so I just use like really crappy computer paper and I just kind of draw all sorts of weird stuff and then sometimes I'm like oh that like weird ferret ferret mermaid thing that I drew the other day was kind of interesting let me take that in and see if I could do something with that um just go out and look just around. have some fun and also be aware of what some of the trends are on your yeah take pictures too because a lot of the times I run to Target and I go to stationary shops and I, I know some I mean nobody cares if you take pictures at Target but you'll see a lot of the awesome artwork on baby clothing mm -hmm. on you know on even on the at the Target on Target signage too and a lot of the things that they sell you'll see they're very trend based and driven so you'll see a lot of what is topical now. So Jason um, wants to know if there really is a ferret mermaid. <laughs> there is. I drew the <laughs> ferret mermaid. And I did that actually for my son's nursery. Um, um, where is it? It's somewhere around here. There it is. is. It? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was mermaid. Yes. silliness. And then mm. I was like, oh, I kind of like him. Let me, let me do something with it, you know, and save your sketches too, because then you'll come back with a fresh set of eyes after going around looking at everything. You're like, you know what, this weird fish that I drew with like three legs kind of could work for something. You know, it doesn't have to, you know, there's so many times where I've drawn stuff and I'm like, this is crap. I don't like it. And then I go back to it and I'm like, wow, that there's actually like, you know, maybe I could do something with that. Right. Cause you're just, you're, you're in a different perspective or you're, you're just seeing things differently that day. You're like more hyper today and you're more mellow the other day and things aren't going to appeal to you. Don't ever throw, I, this is bad cause I'm kind of a hoarder. I'm like, I try never to throw anything away because it's so refreshing to see like where your head was at. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was kind of depressed that month. Look at all the weird stuff that I drew. And now I'm completely happy. And like, this is all like silly bubblegum pop stuff that I drew, you know? So it's just, it's just a matter of seeing and being right. open to seeing, you know, like I remember getting out of the pediatrician's office and this woman was wearing the most gorgeous dress and it inspired the color palette to a collection that I was working on. I didn't think I was going to see anything at the pediatrician's office, but like, <laughs> I, and I was like, Oh my God, why didn't I use that color cantaloupe? It's amazing. And then I became obsessed with it. Like, it's just a matter of being able to see hmm. what's right in front of you sometimes. And sometimes we're receptive to it. And sometimes we're not. And you know what? We'll see that star that's been glowing the whole time. And then other days we won't even notice that it's there, but mm -hmm. some things will, you know, you'll be open to it and it'll catch your attention and it'll inspire something. Um, and it's, 
I always love trying to be open to yeah. it. Yeah. So Matt had another question. Sure. Do you ever get feedback from other creatives on your random drawings so that it's not just you deciding what's worth pursuing? If you, if so, who do you brainstorm with? Um, I do. Yes. And I was very scared to do that because it's, it's hard to put yourself and your work out there, especially something that's like, you know, not finished or, and, and I tried to get out of being afraid of doing that. So I started sharing with a small group of friends, a small group of illustrators, you know, trusted, trusted, trusted people, illustrators. Right? Yeah. Because I don't feel comfortable putting, you know, this weird drawing that I, on, on Instagram. Um, and I'm getting more comfortable with doing things that aren't completely finished and sharing it, which I also think is important to do because art directors and other people that are looking to hire you or they're really interested in seeing your thought process and your capability. It's not all about like finished something shiny and awesome and new. Like they, they get to see the way your mind works and if they want to work with you. Uh, so it, it gives them some insight to you, which is important. But yes, I do share with people sometimes. And sometimes I share with certain people. If I'm like in a mood not to hear constraint, like, like I have groups of people that I'll share my work with when I'm like, they'll love whatever I do. And they're like, this is awesome. I'm like, okay, because today's not the day I want to hear that this sucks. But <laughs> <laughs> so I know who to talk to and send my work to. They'll, they'll be really supportive. Right. And just right now, I just want to be supported. Um, right. And then sometimes I have a couple of friends that I love so much and they're always like as honest and they're not brutal. They're just like, hey, you know, what about doing something like this? And what about doing something like that? It helps to have a small group of friends and even like a little Facebook group of your friends where you could just post up and people would get back to you and things like that. That's just personal and private. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to share because it gets you out of your own head. Sometimes. So Angela, can you stop screen share real quick? But you yeah. got to finish. We uh, didn't really touch so much. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, we're just uh -huh. have to have you back. So okay. I have a question. Sure, sure, so sure. You go from the big that you were just excited to have, but then you realize that there were some issues with a big uh, agency. Yes. So then, then you go to a small agency. Yes. And what were some of the good and positive and negatives of a small agency? I liked that it was more focused. Um, I liked having, you know, I thought I was going to get more feedback from the, you know, the agent, you know, some guidance because I missed with the smaller agent, I missed being, having the collections, like, ha like not the collections, but having mood boards and having inspiration boards sent to you. Like, Hey, you know, this month, you know, socks are all the rage. So let's do something with socks. Like there weren't a lot of initiated projects. It was just mm -hmm. me like kind of going after him and being like, Hey, I want to get more editorial work. What can I do? Can you help me? Like I, I was kind of a stalker a little bit. So it was, and I'm like, can you help me? Like, what do you think about this? And I wouldn't hear from him. So I guess he, it's, it's a smaller agency and they're able to, they're not able to like, I thought, it would be more intimate. And I thought we would have more of a back and forth. I thought that there would be more, um, between the other illustrators, we'd have more of a community together. And it wasn't that way. Like I would have loved the small agent to send a mailing like once a month and be like, Hey, so-and-so got this work, da -da 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 -da, like keeping us in the loop with each other. Cause we're all part of the same agency. Um, right. and I didn't get that from him. So Anna has a, 
Anna has a great question that's about yeah. agents. Yes. Um, so is there a best place to research where you should find one that matches your style? I've heard to go to children's books and look for who their agent was, but there must be a better way, right? Right? She said. That's, that's a great question. Like, that's a great question. And I think that there, you know, I think the way that I found agents was because I was in publishing and I knew of a lot of them and LinkedIn really helped connect me. But that is such a great idea. There should be like a website that's indexed, like agents for advertising, agents right. for, you know, uh, motion graphics, agents that do so-and-so. Um, but I, I always just found agents from just Googling, but I would love that because it would so, make my life so much easier. I think there are actually books, but it's, I, I actually had a book that you could send, you, you know, with, I bought it on Amazon and it actually had everyone's address in there, but it wasn't so, it wasn't just agents. It was actually like publishing houses, uh, different industries and such like publishing or magazines and um, what else? I mean, there's so many children's apparel, like sending your information to people like that, but not agents in particular. So um, she said like the artist market, like something like. Yeah, 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 exactly that. Level, that right? That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. So, but so one of the things I've heard from people, it's not from me, but I have a friend. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> so um, that they say, oh, well, we already represent somebody who does work like you. So that, it feels like if, if Anna's saying, oh, I'm just going to go find somebody who does something similar, I actually feel like maybe that's not a good place. You need to find somebody who doesn't do what you do, but does other children's books or does other apparel. Um, yes. um, so that may be something as well. And Matt says you can subscribe to a professional list agency ac access. So I will get all that and it'll be in the show notes. Yes, I've done, I've done that too. Um, and they had like different mailing lists and stuff and you could kind of like organize everything, you know, cause I had like a Martha Stewart mailing list and I had, you know, you have a lot of access. Unfortunately, I didn't have great success. I've heard of other people having success with that, but I didn't, um, I didn't, it didn't work well for me, but it's such a great treasure trove of information and contacts it's, it was kind of overwhelming for me. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, do I just send out all these emails? Like yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. So, but maybe it's something like connecting with somebody on LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, Andre also says the association of illustrators sells yes. of their contacts and publishing editorial, et cetera. Um, I know Scott, uh, it, Soder told me about the society for writers of children book illustrate. I can't remember. It's S C B W I. Yes, I those know. are the words. Yes, yes, yes. I know the Society of Illustrators. There's so many things that you could be a part of. There's so many uh, places that you could submit your work to, which is also a great idea. Like so many illustration annuals, like Communication Arts and Print Magazine, right. and it gets you out there. And art directors love these magazines, and they'll see and they'll they'll see your work and they'll you know contact you and your contact information is in these magazines. Um, and it's, you know, you won something. It's prestigious to be in right. publications. Um, and even like the books that you're paying to be published in, um, those are great. And I've done that too, but you could also do, um, what was it? There's a directory of illustration. And then there's a, there was another one that I actually had more success with. I, I, for me, the directory of illustration didn't, it wasn't that lucrative for the money that I spent on it, but 
there was another one that I cannot remember off the top of my head that was more successful. I got some awesome projects, which I will, will Google and I'll let you know. And Anna has a question. And I think, um, she says, is it a good idea to join one of these like SCBWI or more of these illustrator organizations, or is it just a waste of money? And I actually feel like it's a different for everybody and they're going to be, you're going to be at different places in your career and different ones have different things. So if you're just starting out, it may be a good place because they have portfolio reviews and then you, you get to show your stuff to a lot of different people. And sometimes there's smaller groups and then there's um, the big annual group. But, and so I feel like you, you just got to be open to what each of these things. And so maybe you don't do one that's, you know, a thousand dollars, you do one that's $75 a year or something. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like start small and kind of like, if you see, you're getting a few bites, maybe up it up a notch and see if it's worth it. I mean, like I always, I always ask other illustrators and everyone has such a different experience. It's not just like, oh yeah, I got a shit ton of work from this website or I got so much work. It's, it's, everyone is so different, but it's good to hear that they're there are artists that get a lot of work from a website and then some people just had different experience because maybe their aesthetic didn't fit for, wasn't a good fit for this genre or this, you know, category. But yeah. It's, so it's, then, it's so like then you, and error. you ended up finding an agent and I just want to make this clear because this was something you and I talked about. You don't just do work for the agency. You get still a ton of work on your own and that's something that you did in your contract with them so that you could still get work on your own and they weren't getting a piece of that cut. Exactly, like, you know, the design work, these are relationships that I've built for years is me. And you could clarify all these things, like just because an agent gives you a contract doesn't mean you have to just swallow it as, it, as they're serving it. Right. You know, like you have a lot of leeway and you're like, well, you know, even some illustration clients, I said, these were my relationships and I'm gonna deal with them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and they're usually really cool about that. You just gotta be clear on what like you know i have a couple of publishers that i've worked for three years that i get illustration work and design work from i'm like these are my contacts like i'll this is going to be my relationship so any other publisher that you bring to the table you're awesome the more the merrier but like i this is my relationship that i've cultivated for years so i'm going to just keep a hundred percent of that and then do you kind of get to determine how much work you're able to to accept like so an agent you, you have this agent that you have now yes you have a big project that you're finishing so you really can't take on five new projects from the agent so do you kind of just keep them in the loop of where you are in your busyness because you can kind of get an idea of hey in june i'm going to be not as busy yes exactly like you know they'll work with you and because it's not just all about you know your agent so, you know, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I actually have like a lot of design work that I'm going to be doing in the next month and it's going to be kind of crazy. I don't think I'm going to be able to take on this, this project and they're there, you know, and then sometimes I just don't sleep much because I really want to work on everything. And sometimes they just need to see like a proposal in sketches, which I've been there and it doesn't fall, it doesn't come through or it's, you know, but it's it's really hard to balance when you're freelancing because sometimes when it rains, it pours. I don't know why this happens. And then sometimes it's so quiet and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I wish something came in and all of a sudden it's like, Poosh, you know, and it's just, it's just a lot, but there, you just got to communicate, just communicate um, and be like, I, this is where I am right now. And 
nobody really has a choice. You're only one per, you're human. I mean, what are they going to do really? Right. <laughs> so, but just communicate. So I will just have to do a part two, Angela, because we yeah. had, we are like on question 3.5. Okay. So we didn't really get too far, which is totally fine. I actually feel like this was a really good um, episode. People have already had to cut out because we've already gone over an hour. So yes. I just want to, um, I don't want to, I want to be um, conscious of your time too. Yes. But I want to make sure everybody knows how they can follow you and they can go to your Etsy store. They can get every, all, a ton of other information yeah. um, about you and follow you on Instagram and things like this. So Senorina Navarra. Um, yes. Because you are Italian, right? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. um, so it's S-I-G-N-O-R-I-N-A-N-A-V-A-R-R-A.com for anybody uh -huh. listening on um, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't want to just be Apple-worthy. Um, and then you can also on Etsy.com, Duda Studio, and that's just mm -hmm. one studio. Yes. And then do has two O's and da has two A's. Yes. And then also on Instagram, Senorina underscore Navarra. I'm not going to yeah. spell that out. Hopefully you guys can get it from, and it will also be on the show notes. Uh -huh. And then on LinkedIn, again, another great way to connect with Angela. That's how I got connected with her. Yeah. So, um, and then LinkedIn, Angela Navarra. And I think you'll accept, um, <laughs> Of course, yeah. Friend request or whatever, LinkedIn. Tell me about what. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like to hear from you. Not just the standard, you know, can I add you to my LinkedIn profile? But you do also have a mailing list. So I do. Where I, can we see the mailing list or get on it? Where's um, the best place? You could just go to my website and scroll all the way down okay. and just put your email in that inbox and it'll subscribe you to a MailChimp uh, mailing list. That you don't over spam. So that's I don't. Great, it's been like place. a few months. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to stalk you unless I have to, unless, because <laughs> I could be quite a stalker. So I'm like, did you get my email? I sent you this new idea. Like where did you get it? Yeah. Right. So, but you know, I try not to be like that obnoxious. I try to add like a little bit of cute in there. So I'm like, oh, she's not that creepy. <laughs> right. But, so I um I am super thankful that you were able to come on, and Thank I just want you guys to know. So next week we have Josh Cleland, who mm -hmm. has been doing a lot of illustration work for children's books. He's finished. I think he's working on his second, or maybe he's done more, but the second one this year. Mm -hmm. And he also does a lot of texture, which I've told Angela about. Yes. this will be a it's really nice awesome. little duo uh -huh. together. So yeah. hopefully you guys are getting, if you are an illustrator that's also working as a designer, hopefully it gives you some insight about getting some work that it's, that you can do a lot just from connections online, as well as just from um, maybe sending some physical things too, but really focusing what you, and I think that's maybe what the big uh, agency helped you with, or mm -hmm. even before you got to the agency, helped you figure out what you wanted to do. Because if, otherwise, you were just throwing stuff everywhere. Yeah, like, isn't anything broke. sticks? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's basically, I'm just going to say this one last thing. It's like any relationship. You know, you're just, you know, you're, you go through, you're like, ah, I'm not a fan of that guy. I don't like that. But, you know, you're just, you, it's, it's never a bad thing to experience and figure and come out the other side of it and say, you know, that didn't, that, that type of relationship totally didn't work for me. And you put that in the filing cabinet upstairs and then you move on. And then now you know that 
I don't want this type of setting. I don't want, you know, this kind of person, you know, it's just like any relationship. You just don't forget like what you loved and what you didn't love about the previous relationship. And then, you know, now you could just kind of zero in on what you like a little bit more, especially with your craft, you know, and where you want to go. Where do you see yourself in the next few years and where do you see your work being? That should be something where you, when you look at an agent, you should really, you know, keep that in mind because if they're doing the work that you want to be doing, go for it. Submit your work. Awesome. And you're also interviewing them as well, right? Exactly. It's a team. It's not just so one-sided. You guys are going to be in a relationship together. So we got to see if, you know, you like to work with me and I like to work with you. It's not just like, please take me, please do do whatever. Right. This right from you. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you got to just see if you guys have the chemistry and together. So like any really, really, it's just relationships. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Angela, thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, if you want, uh, you can hit like if you're on YouTube, um, if you're on iTunes or wherever, Google play or whatever, wherever you get your podcast, writing a review would help the show the most. And then I am creating a Patreon. Finally, after much prodding, Mm -hmm. After six years, I'm going to create a Patreon finally. Um, so it'll be like $1, $2, or I think I'll do a $5 maybe. But it'll be, Amy's like, yes, finally. It will be a small, minimal amount. And I'm uh, just excited to open that up and have you guys help really be a part of um, making the show come together. So look for that at the beginning of this month. I know it is August 1st. I'm actually really happy to be back. Um, I took July off. So Angela, you are a great start and you really had, have such great energy and your, your work is so, uh, you guys really, I hope you get dig in and look at it because there is great textures. There's such, there's such fun. And I love that the collections really are different and that's to me, um, is one of your strengths, um, that, that you have different palettes. You're not just working on the same thing and Um, and, and I really, you really do think about it like, oh, what this element could be used for multiple things in a bunch of these things so that there's consistency. I just, there's so much I think we can learn from you and that we did learn from you today. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yes. And thank you. You're so great to speak to. I loved you right from the moment we first talking. I'm like, she's so fun. Well, I'm (laughs) I'm really excited to have you back. So I'm going to um, Ashley to schedule you a part two so Yay! that we can, we can finish this conversation because yes. this really is. I took a ton of notes. Andre, you were amazing on giving us a ton of um, great resources as well as Matt. Thank you so much for all the awesome questions and Anna. Um, so thank you so much and we'll see you next week with Josh Cleland and I hope you guys will join. If you need me, you can always follow me on at design recharge in Twitter or uh, any other social media LinkedIn even, but I'm not design recharge there. Just Diane Gibbs. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, y'all have a great day and um, see you next week.